What advice would I give the cat owner about mm -hmm. researching yeah. topics? Yeah, or general going to the veterinarian. Yeah. And, and, mm -hmm. and even if you meet a veterinarian that doesn't vibe with you so well. So the answer that you get, like the situation that mm -hmm. Susan was just describing, that you know, vet veterinarian is quite negative on the uh, stuff that you have done. On yeah. The Sorry for saying Sorry Media presents the Purr Podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek. Hi, this is Dr. Susan Little. And Dr. Yola Kirpenstein is the Purr Podcast. Oh, you stumbled a bit I did there. Stumble. I, did I know. Who wants uh -oh. a rewind? Uh -oh. Yeah. Uh -oh. No, we don't do rewinds. No, <laughs> no. No. I thought I did pretty good. I, I, I might a, be up to like I had 12 a word good stumble. stumble. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. You, know, you know what? We might need communications training. We might need a communications director. We might. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like it. I like yeah. it. So, so we talked about a lot of things last time. Uh, and uh, what I'm uh, uh, really interested, so I would like to talk a little bit about difficult clients okay. and how you communicate well with them. We did that already a little bit. But I also want to talk about um, everybody is on social media. Your team is on social media. How do you, what do you tell your team? as a veterinary clinic owner or a veterinarian in a clinic how to deal with social media because they are on social media themselves what about clinic stuff so we should say however that this is the second oh, episode sorry. Sorry. Oh, i immediately jumped in we're always so anxious just to get started with stacy mcintyre gonzalez who is my communications manager <laughs> i'm proud to say yes so you'll uh, points out a really good thing, right? Because I think, and we have some language around this in, in our, and the manuals we, manuals we use in our, our practice, that we expect certain things of our staff, our employees, right? Our team members when they're on social media. Um, because you, whether you like it or not, you may be representing the clinic. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. So um, we do have a policy. It does predate me being there. So I will say that Dr. Little did write it, um, but I think it's a fabulous thing to have in place. And I think ours is very comprehensive. It's very comprehensive. The problem with a lot of clinics is there's very like loose, loose wording and there's not super defined terms. Now, right. keep in mind, you can't police somebody's personal social media. Right. However, they cannot discuss the clinic or, or represent the clinic um, poorly. Mm, right. And certainly I would say never engage in any negative reviews and especially not groups on Facebook. Right. Um, groups have really taken over yes. on Facebook. Uh, I, I think that it's great because you can really get the messaging out if you're a good clinic um, or if somebody likes your clinic. However, they can go viral mm. if it's something negative. And I've seen this happen before and I've I've dealt with it um, yep. and it can be scary. So you want to be a keyboard warrior for your business sometimes, mm. but don't engage. And especially your practice now can engage in, in groups. So before, if you had a business page, yeah. you couldn't comment mm -hmm. as a business in a group. A group. Yeah. Right. Now you can, yeah, right. but don't. So I, I do want to say that our social media policy um, was uh, the the person really behind that was Eric Garcia. So tip of the hat to, um, right. to Eric because 
that's how I wrote ours based on, yeah. on based on what Eric says. So that's where ours came from. Um, the other thing I want to point out is that a year or two before the pandemic, um, there's a, a group of people that I've had the chance to work with a couple of times who look at the role of social media in pet care. And so we published an article just before the pandemic where we'd done a survey of pet owners and Facebook groups. Oh, you sent me that, yeah. I, the, mm -hmm. the findings, I read that. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and uh, we had done that because uh, at that time, it anecdotally, mm -hmm. it seemed like Facebook groups were really gaining prominence versus just like internet searches right. or you know whatever, but Facebook groups are gaining prominence as a go-to place, mm -hmm. right? Where clients would go for information or to find out about this vet or that vet or this, you know, and they have shot up in prominence. Oh, and yeah. I, mm -hmm. I think if you're a veterinarian, uh, I think it might, it might be Eric who says that if you're not on social media, you think you're not on social media, you are. You are. Yeah, yeah no, like Google true. yourself, right? Oh, yeah. right? right. And some so, of those Facebook groups are just closed. I mean, you cannot get oh, on there. True, but true. Yeah, so there's yeah. there, and whatever they say there is obviously uh, uh it's true, it has to be true, right? Because right. it's been written. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So so people will come in with info because that's the other thing, the other question I have for you is people often come in with information, uh lots of information they get yeah. from the internet. And how do veterinarians, veterinary technicians deal with that. So how, what would you advise them? I would probably um, go a little bit against the grain with um, some people who talk about this. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Dr. Google, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I understand that it can be very frustrating because how many years did you go to school? How many, you know, textbooks have you wrote and, you know, committees have you sat on and you have all of the knowledge, you are the authority. Right. Um, but your clients that are looking up things on Google are your clients who want to be informed. Right. They and just don't know where to go. They don't know where to go. But they also, I think the other key is they have to wait to get mm -hmm. it from you. And yes. they can only get it in small bits. Right. Right. And going online or going to a Facebook group is like now and as much as I want. So if and you can get information to them, right. social media, blogs, right. website. I think that that is that is the best way to make you an authority in their life. But also, if you can't, because you have to build up that content, that mm -hmm. takes time. Um, like we have a, a knowledge library on our website. Well, so I I became a fan, and this is hats off to Lori Kogan at Colorado State. So somebody I've worked with a few times, where we build information prescriptions for pet right. owners, right? right? And so what's an information prescription? So let's say a, a cat's been diagnosed with kidney disease. And I know the owner's going to go home and Google. That's fine. They should. Yep. So we, or at least I lead into that conversation with, um, I want you to go online and I want you to learn more. And here's a prescription. And I don't, I don't write out everything about kidney disease. We curate a right. collection of websites, videos, and handouts, right. and we bring it together and it's an information prescription. And I say I like to people, that. that's yeah. your homework. I right. want you to go home. I want you to go online and I want you to do this. But now yes, I'm, right? I'm, I'm, talking about the client that comes into the clinic. Oh, brings it in with them? Oh, yes. bucket of yeah. information. Often yes. they will come in the time, all printed out. Yeah. So I will say, um, use your rewarding language. The, yeah. And you'll be like, why? We don't want this to happen. <laughs> um, but I will say, oh my, look at what you've done, all this research. Like, I really commend you for taking the time. You clearly care very much about right. Fluffy. Um, let me give you um, a link to our website that's going to give you some uh, resources that veterinarians use. We trust these. We looked at these. We went through all the information thoroughly and we trust it. Also, myth busting 
doesn't work. Doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, there's an app called Skeptical Science. It's it's right. for climate change, but yeah. it has wonderful um, myth busting type tips because it just doesn't work. You have to uh, come into the client's story, mm -hmm. and then you have to figure out what's what's their currency, what's motivating them to do this. Are they researching this this grain free food because they think their client or their pet has an allergy and mm. they're you know, they're concerned. Is it a budget thing? Mm. Like what is motivating mm. this? Um, right. We want them to be informed and we want them to be researching. And of course they're going to come up with things that aren't right. Cause you guys are the experts, not them. Mm. Um, so try and uh, create a positive story around that. You're proud that they did all of that work. There's a couple um, incongruencies here. This is this is a little bit inaccurate, but I do see why you found that information, why you trusted it. Also, remember, there's some veterinarians out there putting things online that are a little bit um, off the page. Yes, <laughs> left field. Yes, left field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. No, I understand that. Yeah, but yeah, they yeah. have authority because yeah. they have letters behind their name. Yeah, it's not only that. I think that peer influencing is getting mm. more important now, but also, uh, you know, star influencing. So there's a lot of influential yeah, peoples that have a name because mm. they are, you know, a star somewhere in a movie or a theater or yes. whatever, and and because they have so much clout because of that, mm. they also give advice on other things it could be anything it could be on nutrition it could be on, on mm. healthy pet habits etc etc so i think it is a little bit more complicated than saying that people get so much information right now that sometimes it's really difficult to find out what is right and what's not right and mm. then you go to trusted sources mm. and the trusted sources have changed in time that's true mm. and explaining to them that um medicine is constantly tweaking and improving and, and yep. yeah and that's that's part of it like science is about um it's not static right it's, yeah it's it's about moving right so explaining that to them because sometimes um lay people will look at that and think well that well that they just keep changing it and there's no right answer and mm. it's all about finding the best possible solution i would also say cat people uh think that their cat is the most unique, most awesome cat in the world, and they're not wrong. Yeah, and I just want to say, isn't yeah. that right? That's yeah, right. no, they're yeah. not wrong. Chippy, yeah. which is sea who animal, is not a cat, but is smaller is, than most cats. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> he's a sea animal, <clears throat> and uh, and he is the most yes. special, right, individual yeah. in the world. And do you know what I think Chippy is the most <laughs> special cat <laughs> in the world? It is. But yeah. Chippy is incredibly unique, and you know this, right. and that's why Chippy needs very unique tailored nutrition right. that's going to suit his lifestyle his right. specific health needs his age so let's um look at this generalized information that you found which is great that you're researching mm -hmm. that but let's talk about what chippy specifically needs bring it right. back to their story which right, is right, their right. cat right, right, or your right, yeah. your chippy cat dog. i think you have to be really careful in those conversations because owners that come in with material or or these days like email you here i found this right. they they are taking a role they want to take a role they want to be an active participant in their pet's care and if you react with negativity mm -hmm. oh that's all wrong you are essentially saying to them i don't recognize your role in your pet's care yeah. like the subliminal message is what you do isn't worthwhile yeah right because like many things it's not about that article they found on kidney disease it's about them wanting an active role exactly in, in their pets health if we turn this around as an owner mm -hmm. cat owner you know what 
advice would you give them? What advice would I give the cat owner about mm -hmm. researching yeah. topics? Yeah, or general going to the veterinarian. Yeah. And, and, mm -hmm. and even if you meet a veterinarian that doesn't vibe with you so well. So the answer that you get, like the situation that mm -hmm. Susan was just describing, that you know, vet veterinarian is quite negative on the uh, stuff that mm -hmm. you have done online. Yeah. Well, if somebody was invalidating you yeah. and making you feel like um, you didn't have like a valued role in your cat's well-being, you wouldn't trust them yeah right. when we meet somebody new our subconscious mind says two things mm -hmm. it says can i trust this person right and then can i rely on them and we do that without the person even opening their mouth sometimes sometimes mm -hmm. it's just body language right. so building trust is the biggest thing so as a client i would say do you trust your veterinarian and that doesn't always have to do with how many textbooks you've wrote mm -hmm. you know absolutely it could be just it's um, often more visceral yeah. yeah do i have a collaborative yeah, yeah. relationship and the biggest thing that i see in positive reviews that almost everybody says is she really cares about my cat yeah right. they really care about my cat that's right. what they care about and mm -hmm. and then they'll trust you and they'll be more likely to be compliant with the things that you know are best for their cat right. so i would say building trust and for a client looking for somebody that that you trust that that's the biggest thing because the foundation of every relationship is built on that right yeah, and if you and if you are getting that type of negative pushback from a veterinarian, well, a, I hope the veterinarian would at some point, you know, kind of see that that's not a good um, way to approach it. Yeah. Right. I mean, we understand where they're coming from, but the way they're trying to approach it is wrong. Um, but that client may be better off trying to find a veterinarian who will be collaborative from the start. Exactly. Because in the end, the cat will be the winner. Yes. Out of all of that, and, right? And if uh, because veterinarians and clients are also on the internet so yeah. do you have some tips for us personally how we should behave on the internet in, in <laughs> communication wise because you know we're our biggest enemy often. yeah tip so. number one hire a communications manager yeah yeah but as yeah. a person you will not and you know if if i'm a cat owner i'm not going to hire communication oh manager. you mean if you're a cat owner right. oh i see and so I see. because you see a lot of stuff happening in your groups and that's oh I see. so how do you respond yeah. is it sometimes better not to respond for instance right. if you see a message that is really offending you or yeah. you know that it's not true or should yeah. you jump in and how would you jump it i mean i don't think that you should necessarily <laughs> jump in on a public forum um you know if you can put your messaging out through a professional way through a website or however you've built your career like if you built your career on being a cat better a nutrition um but this is you the know, cat vet. owner yeah. so this is us as an owner as oh. an individual how would yeah. you do it uh you're the individual but you're a veterinarian no, no. not necessarily oh. just yeah. in general I, you know give us some uh rules of the road to behave on the internet Oh, rules oh, of the road to behave on yeah. The so he's thinking right. like if you're if you're a member of a Facebook group, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, jack and, up your privacy settings. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say that. that. Um, so you can actually create groups um, and restrict people on Facebook if you're using Facebook, right. so that uh, certain people can't see certain posts. You really have to look at is this public? Is this for friends? If you want it to be public, fine. Like if right. you are out there and you want some sort of brand recognition or name mm -hmm. recognition, you want to be Googleable, mm -hmm. um, fine. But uh, everybody is curating their lives on social media. How do you want to curate yours? Right. Take a step back and look at it and say, am I okay with this? Don't be afraid to go back and delete things if you mm -hmm. don't like this mm -hmm. and understand that it's gonna it's gonna be there forever it's okay for us to make mistakes i mean i say if we learn from them um right. 
but it's going to be there forever. Embrace that. Um, and that's your curated life. It's not your real life, you know? So even if you would stop your account on Facebook, does it stay there? Um, so I did delete my personal account on mm -hmm. Facebook a long time ago. Um, I created one around just my blog. That was back when you didn't right. have to have a human name and then they changed that and I had to change back. Mm. Um, I did decide to delete it and it still lived. I could still it, activate it, but people couldn't see it right. unless you were really savvy right. um, because there is a way to look at back pages of the internet. Right. Uh, mm. Yeah. That's the dark web. I know. And, <laughs> and then, uh, so, but now you have, you're in a group or you're on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, whatever it is, you see something that really offends you how or see something that you really want to respond to how would you respond so if i saw something that i really wanted to respond to i would do it going into it knowing that i would probably get several negative responses back right. so if yeah. you can just embrace that then right. do it if that's going to cause you anxiety and stress don't do don't it, do it. Right. there's so many people who do that and then they just live in like sympathetic nervous system mode where they're always right. like yes yeah. and so much anxiety and you're you're causing it's self-inflicted in, in a sense yeah. um what's the point of just letting something go that doesn't yeah. affect you right. are you gonna care about it in five years yeah. five minutes and it, it's interesting that you say that because uh, there are so many it is a it's a it's a time stamp eh? so it's yeah. a very short time that people are really worried about it mm -hmm. and then life goes on yeah. and i think twitter is the best example so a tweet you see a tweet only for a couple of seconds and there's discussion that that tweet is alive for a for a while but then Whatever. it's gone yeah and yeah. nobody talks about it anymore yeah. or just very yeah. few tweets that people will say oh remember that tweet of like yeah, yeah. 20 years ago yeah. i do remember what i did 20 years ago i don't but you know people do remember those things but the, the social media things it's so it's transitory it's it's, it's gone it so. is but what you do to your nervous system getting all it's anxious right. about that yes. is lasting yes. right? right and you're constantly right. um like your brain is firing and rewiring like yeah. little right. pathways yeah. in there and yeah. when you cause all this unneeded stress yeah. it 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 makes like a little imprint on yeah. that right. i when i train people and i tell them how to deal with difficult clients difficult situations and you're like, oh, how can you do this? I said, well, I do it. And like, I have a decently stress-free life. Like I have my moments, you right. know, and sure. Sure. Uh, everybody does. Yeah. I'm not a robot, but um, yeah. by really working on yourself, if you, if you see something that bothers you that much, like prompts you to want to get into um, an argument online that doesn't affect you at all, you have to think about the why. Why, why am I doing this? Um, right. And And then work on that because you shouldn't, want to do that yeah, sometimes <laughs> taking a step back is, is yeah. we're going back to that same topic yeah. all the time mm -hmm. uh, and think about Take why you want to do it or yeah. respond maybe not immediately but respond 10 minutes yeah. later or mm -hmm. after you had a bite or yeah. whatever and then, and then it then right. it may kind of lower in importance the other thing i i think we have to remember is that on social media the back and forth happens really quickly. Mm -hmm. It's easy to get negative attention and it and you never resolve it. That doesn't resolve, right? right? Because human beings did not evolve to communicate in text, right? right? We didn't evolve like that. So that type of whatever that um, issue or that argument is, if there were people in the room, you would much more likely come to some consensus right. mm -hmm. if you were in person because mm -hmm. we evolved to see the body language and the facial expressions yeah. right and when you're just it's just characters back and forth right. right we're missing all of the things that humans need 
to build a consensus. Oh, yeah. So it's very hard to build a consensus. And and I think you just have to recognize that you're not going to resolve anything. No. You're not going to change anybody's mind. The only thing that you're doing. So yeah. if they say mom and pop veterinary hospital is the worst and you work yeah. at mom and pop veterinary hospital and yeah. you on your own personal social media are like, no, it's not. It's the best. And it goes back and forth. All you are doing is engaging that post to bump back to the top. Right. You're giving it <laughs> right. more rage. Right. 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 So this explains um, something that um, I came across on Twitter during the pandemic when there was a lot of misinformation going on. And some of the really savvy infectious disease people um, on Twitter would say, screenshot it to share it. Mm -hmm. Don't share it, mm -hmm. right? Because when it's shared, it um, gets more. It gets ice. more and yeah. it propagates. Mm -hmm. But if you screenshot it and you say, yeah. you want to, and you want to say, you know, what's in there, here's why it's wrong, then it doesn't get the same type of engagement. I thought that's really smart. Actually. It is. Otherwise, yeah. you're just like putting like fuel on the Absolutely. fire that you're trying to put out. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a personal question. So, what is something you did on the social media that you regret? Oh, oh. social media that I regret. Oh my goodness. Oh, can I um, can I tell you? This is so embarrassing. I can't even believe I'm going to say it. It's not social media, but it's the beginning of my career. Right. I was in college. I was um, entertainment editor on our college paper. Mm -hmm. And I was interviewing um, Sue Johansson. Yeah. Sunday Sex with Sue. Did, right. did you, do you know oh, who you're, she is? Yes, Canadian. No, it, Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Canadian so stuff. Yeah, whatever. She was a Canadian um, like sex education person. Elderly huh. lady. Eld, elder, little gray-haired old lady. And she... Um, was thorough she was thorough she didn't shy away from using all of the words like she didn't take right. uh, uh refuge in like a sciencey word you right. know and she just went for it she just went Excellent. for it and she would tackle anything and she was really a game changer oh, i yeah. think in trying to talk about difficult subjects she was she's amazing and so yeah. i interviewed her huge okay. huge interview and i was i was so excited that's very to be impressive doing this. yeah and um so her last name is spelt different than you would typically spell Hanson. Yes. And um, so like uh, Microsoft Word corrected it to the way that it's usually spelled and uh, I didn't catch it. Uh, and three rounds of editors didn't catch it. Uh, and it went to press with her name spelled wrong. Uh, so uh, mortified. <laughs> I was, it's my most mortifying uh, okay. moment. You know, when you think back to those moments, they like, right. they, they stick with you. One day you're having a horrible day. You did something embarrassing. And then your subconscious mind's like, remember when you did this thing? I know. It's That's better. what comes. So you need to turn that around right. because 90% of that story is you interviewed Sue Johansson. No, right. Yeah. I know. You need to turn that around. Yeah. Right, right, yes. Right, right, right. So I will remember that you interviewed so <laughs> Johansson. I probably will not remember that her name is spelled her name yes. wrong. I yes. mean, everybody's made mistakes on social media. And in the beginning, we made a lot of mistakes. Of I mean, I'm a I'm um exennial or whatever. I'm like yeah. the cusp of the the millennial. Um, and so we thought that when we went to an event, we had to put 50 pictures of the event. Um, right. But I will say I leveraged social media very early in my career. Mm. So this was MySpace. I don't think people probably think like, what's MySpace? <laughs> and, they'll, and they'll Google it or they'll yeah. search it in a Facebook group. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to write about music. And here I am writing about cats. <laughs> uh, so I thought, well, 
I, they have to be related to the school. They have to have gone to Algonquin or have some tie to Algonquin. So I went on MySpace and I would reach out to local bands, local artists, um, uh, Sony BMG. Do you have any artists that went to the school? And I would, I set up all of these interviews. And when I was an editor, I also had to have all these like um, side stories for my general assignment writers. You put them in this pool. Mm. And so I used MySpace. And I remember one day, um, one of the students said, well, you came here and you just knew all these bands. Like, oh. like you know, <laughs> I said, I didn't know a single band. Yeah. Well, how are you getting them? MySpace. MySpace. Yeah. So I leveraged yeah. social media pretty yeah. quickly in my career. Yeah. I kind of saw the value in it. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. And it has paid off very well. Yeah. Yes. Right now. Yeah, no. yes. and, and it's, it, I think we cannot ignore it anymore. I mean, no. that's, that's, that's the, there's still some professionals that say, you know, I don't do anything. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Instagram. That's yeah. where, but again, they are, are, they whether, are whether they like it or not in a different way. Yes. And, and there's, and if you don't feel comfortable with it, I think going to courses is very, very helpful. And you mm -hmm. don't have to have be a specialist in it. At least you can point out someone that is interested in it mm -hmm. and can help you with it. Uh, yes. You know, I, Personally, I love social media. I think it's great. It just gives me lots of entertainment all the time, in a good way and in a bad way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you can also think about the, the the times that you spend on it, because I also think people spend way more, too much time on social yeah. media. Too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. I would say find one person on your team and mm -hmm. who you think could do it well and who wants to do it and who is going to buy in. Mm -hmm. right. But when you do that, you need to give them the time right. and the tools to do yes. it and that was yes. the difficulty in the beginning is yeah. right. was selling that right. like i really had to push to sell the time right. they don't yes. want to pay me to do this they want me to pay me to do the job that they hired me for but they right. do want me to do this yeah and it took a long time and a lot of pushing and somebody to um to really take risks mm -hmm. on me and believe in me to buy that time so i would say don't make them fight for it mm -hmm you know, give it to them because there's so much value in it, um, mm -hmm. not just in terms of revenue, um, brand recognition, engagement right. in the community. And also, if you don't want to do it, just pick one and do it really well. Right. That's I think that's a really good tip, right? Mm -hmm. Because often veterinary professionals that are trying to venture into the social media world go, oh, like there's uh, there's Instagram, there's Twitter here, there's Facebook here, there's, you know, there's TikTok here. Mm -hmm. Pick one. Yes. Just pick one. That's really good advice. Yeah. yeah. And that's great advice to end the show. Oh, yeah. We're here. So <laughs> thank you very much. This was wonderful. Yes. And uh, this is your first uh, VMAX. So uh, yeah. lots of fun. Yeah. Here. Yes. Uh, yeah. We're recording this um, in uh, live. In, live, live in, in Orlando. <laughs> Uh, yes, at the DMX conference. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. I get to see Eric Garcia speak four times. Oh my God. Okay. Oh I'm going to, I'm going to email. Stalker, stalker I'm, alert. Oh yeah. I'm going to, you'll be part of, uh, I'm not weird, Eric. You're just very inspiring. <laughs> I'm going to email a link to this episode to right. Eric. Yeah, we should. We, should. Yeah, we love we Eric. We do love Eric Garcia. Name drop. Yes, Name drop. We do love him. If you're on Patreon, you can see. The there we go. So. All right. So this was uh, the Purple Test. Yes. And uh, you can find all of our guests, including Eric Garcia, mm -hmm. um, on our website at Purple Podcast. The updated, updated yeah. the currently updated yeah. perpodcast.net website. And you can find us on social media at Perpodcast. And which social media platforms are we on? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook is where that's you'll it. find us. That's yeah. It. So, yeah. So, so, so thank you, Stacey. Oh, thank you. Stacey.
Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat, Clinical Medicine and Management, and August Consultations in Feline Internal Medicine. Along with three cats, she also admits to owning two dogs. And you can follow her on social media with the handle at Cat Pet Susan. Dr. Yerola Kirpenstein is a diplomate of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently at Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at GVETSX. This episode is made possible by the generous sponsorship of the Take the Pledge Against Struvites in Pets Facebook page. Did you know there are three easy steps to treat bladder stones in cats with lower urinary tract signs? Step one is to take a radiograph, and if there is a stone present in the bladder, step two is to use the Minnesota Urolift app for iPhone and Android to determine the most likely type of stone. Step three is to treat the cat for at least two to three weeks with an appropriate diet and see if the stone gets smaller. If so, keep feeding that diet until the stone is completely gone on follow-up radiographs. If not, check compliance with the owner and look for alternative treatment options. Join veterinarians worldwide to take the pledge not to remove struvite stones by surgery anymore. The opinions of this podcast are those by Dr. Susan Little and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. Veterinary medicine is a complex profession, and often there are multiple diagnostic and therapeutic options for different disease processes. If you're a pet owner with questions, please go to your local veterinarian. If you're a veterinary professional, ask your questions on our Instagram page at per podcast.